Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your friend, your coach, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I have the privilege of helping hundreds of entrepreneurs to start, launch, and grow their businesses. Today, our featured guest is courageous entrepreneur, Joe Calloway. And Joe Calloway is this amazing uh, speaker, author, right? Uh, seven books you're up to, Joe. Um, just absolutely fantastic bestsellers across. And what Joe does specifically is he helps companies get even better, right? He helps uh, good companies uh, get even greater. And his workshops, interactive keynote presentations help develop leaders, create more effective teams, and really just improve imp a performance for successful businesses who know that they can and should be doing more with the people and resources that they already have. And that's really what, Joe, I want you to talk with us about today is as entrepreneurs, we're struggling out there. We yeah. already have networks. Uh, we have people all around us that can take us to greatness and we're not using them and why, right? So we'll get into that. So Joe, welcome to the show and go ahead and just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, please. Great to be here, Joseph. Thanks for having me. And there's really not a lot of gaps. You, you kind of covered it. I've been doing this for... Gosh, I was doing the math the other day. It's it's hard for me to say. Thirty five years. Whoa. And uh, I, I still here's the interesting thing. After thirty five years, <clears throat> I might be starting to get the hang of it. Uh, but honestly, I'm I'm always trying to figure it out, uh, and always trying to go from where I am to the next level, or or even just hang on to the level where I am because the competition is fierce uh, with what I do. And my competitors are really, really good at what they do. So uh, it, it, it's, an, it's an ongoing adventure, but I like that because I get bored very easily. And so for me to stay competitive, uh, I have to keep my creative spark uh, alive and well. So that's kind of fun for me. I like that. So what I'm hearing you say is you really do enjoy the hustle and the grind of what you do. You know what? For, for me, I enjoy the, the creation of, I don't want to say the creation of ideas. It's not that I dream up stuff out of thin air, but if I can take what's going on in the marketplace and present it to my clients in a way and with a perspective that they go, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. I can use that and, and put it to use immediately. That, that flips my switch. And so it's really the creation of the material. Mm -hmm. uh, if, I'm, if I stay good at that, I don't have to worry about competing. That is how I compete. I compete through the quality of my work. Uh, I'm not really one for cold calling, never have been. Uh, I, I just, I, I let the work do the marketing for me for the most part. Yeah, I like that. So Joe, take a minute and share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. Gosh, um, you know, the, the big personal thing in my life, it, and most all my friends and my people in, in my business world know that I have two daughters. Uh, I, I'm an older parent. We got a late start. I've got a uh, just turned 16 year old and a just turned 12 year old. 
but I don't think, I think people would be surprised if they knew how much time in the afternoons uh, or sometimes even in the morning, I spend sitting at lacrosse practices, basketball practices, uh, volleyball games. But it's one of the great blessings of my career that I have flexibility. If I'm not out actually doing a job, then I've got a lot of flexibility. And I spend a, a lot of time at a middle school and a high school uh, mm. hanging out with those girls and, and their activities. And that's just absolutely my, my greatest joy for bar none. I, I think that's so fantastic. It's like you're out there hustling and grinding in your industry. And so few people know that you're this wonderful, amazing dad at home. And that's actually the source of your power, right? That's what lights you up is the, your family, your daughters. It's so, totally what lights me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. So let's get down to business. Our audience loves to know approximately how much revenue did you bring in in the past 12 months, gross revenue? Not willing to release that figure. Uh, it, 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 it's and, and the other thing is I've got three different businesses. I've got my speaking and writing business. I've got uh, real estate developments. And then I'm a member of a consulting group called the Disruption Lab. And uh, don't release those figures, but... Um, Could you give us a range, maybe? Yeah, a, a range. Well, let's, let's say a, a range between... Uh, high six figures and low seven figures. Fantastic, okay, cool. So it was quite a little while ago that you were struggling to make your first $100,000, right? Now, why do you think 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K? Boy, I, you know, I think there, there might be a couple of things. I think one, Joseph, and, and I still have to work on this to this day, is to have absolute clarity about the value that I bring to whoever my marketplace is. Mm. Because um, th there are a lot of entrepreneurs that, that just kind of assume that the marketplace sees the value. They don't. That's they right. don't see the value in what I do or you do or what anybody else does or sells. And it's our job to bring that clarity to them. And sometimes that, that's a, a challenge. Uh, I know it has been for me. And I know that a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with will make what I think is the dangerous assumption of, well, I'm the best at what I do. I've even had entrepreneurs, I mean, starting entrepreneurs say, listen, I don't have any competition. Nobody does what I do. And I think, what's it like on that planet? I've always had competition. I've got tons of competition. And so I think this, you know, people, people talk about being passionate about what you do. And I'm all for, for that. I use different words. I, I'm enthusiastic about what I do. Uh, uh, but, but I think passion can sometimes cloud our judgment. Mm. And it can cloud our objectivity. And that critic that we sometimes really need to be about our own business. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs will say, well, I, I'm not getting enough business and it's because they are too dumb to get it how great I am. It's not their job to do that. It's my job to clearly present that value. So I think, 
I think one reason would be a lack of clarity of value. Mm. Uh, you know, in that, okay, I see what you do. I just don't get why I should buy what you do, uh, which is what the marketplace says to a lot of us a lot of the time. I get that. Uh, and I think you nailed it, right? It's that clarity in the beginning, right? We think because we have this idea, we get so excited about it. And now all of a sudden, because we're excited, everyone must be excited. And our friends, our friends, Joseph, and our family, they all say, oh my gosh, this is great. Everybody's going to want this. And then you open your doors for business and everybody doesn't want that. Uh, and then we make them wrong, right? We make the world wrong. We make everyone wrong instead of looking in the mirror. Exactly. And I, you know, I deal with a lot of, uh, you know, work from home entrepreneurs. And I say one of the biggest problems uh, that they create for themselves is that they stay isolated, right? I believe that the number one reason why small businesses fail is not because of lack of funding. Uh, it's because of isolation, right? They're at home bouncing their ideas off the mirror. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what you said is we lose objectivity and it's important to, to put ourselves, I think out there and to ask people, Hey, I need you to be really honest with me. Yeah. Don't tell me what I want to hear right now. Tell me what is real. Like, is this idea working? Is it not working? What do you see is missing from this? And these types of questions, what would you, what shows up for you in that Joe? Yeah, I agree with that completely. I spent a year, uh, a year before last, there's a great university here in Nashville called Belmont University, fabulous business program, and they have a center for entrepreneurship. And for one year, it's a one year term. I was the, what was it? Executive in residence at Belmont University Center for Entrepreneurship, longest title I've ever had in my life. And it was, it wasn't a full-time thing. I, I did it, you know, uh, excuse me, I fit it into my schedule. But I was working with mostly seniors at the university and they weren't doing class projects. They had real businesses. And uh, a lot of what they were missing was exactly what you said. They weren't saying, although the smart ones were, let me flip it. The smart ones were saying, tell me what's wrong with my idea. Shoot some holes in it because I know the market's going to. So I need you to tell me what's wrong with this idea. And you can do that. Listen, a true entrepreneur, a startup should be a period of learning. Mm. You get information from the market and you adjust and you make changes. And then you get more information from the market and you adjust and you make changes. And if you're not willing to hear it when the market says, this isn't a good idea. You need to either tweak it or change course a little bit or maybe start over. Then you're not a true, you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur unless you not only can take that, but you got to be eager to hear that because the more you let it in, the quicker you'll get on course. So I'm going to play the antagonist for a second, right? Because right. I know, you know, startup nation, as you're listening to Joe right now and what he's saying there and what I'm sharing, what you're probably thinking to yourself yeah but what about the disruptors in the marketplaces what about the ubers right what about uh you know just these these companies that literally the marketplace says no you know it's a bad idea etc but they push anyway and they break through and they're the innovators and they create a whole new marketplace and everything what would you say to them right now 
listening, Joe, that antagonist that says, yeah, but I'm that guy. I'm going to innovate an entire market. Again, they're all wrong. They just don't see what I see. Well, and I say good for them. And I mentioned earlier, one of my three sources of revenue, I'm a partner in the disruption lab. We consult with companies on disruptive strategies where we say, you've got to keep sustaining your existing business. But at the same time, you need to be thinking about how to, how to blow that business up because something else probably will if you don't. But you look at, at Uber, at, or gosh, Uber, my gosh, the biggest disruptor right now is, is probably Amazon, which is disrupting everything, uh, certainly from retail to healthcare. Here's the deal though, an Uber and an Amazon still has to put it out there, take information in about what works and what doesn't work. Listen, show me a business that the day they opened their door was a booming success from the get-go, and I'll show you an extraordinarily rare business. Mm. You know, no, none of these disruptors happened overnight, but I tell you, I'll give a tip to anybody that's thinking they are a disruptor. If you look at just about every, from Airbnb, Uber, Uber's the classic, let's take Uber. What did Uber do? They made it easier to get a ride. If you, I'll say this to every entrepreneur out there, including me, if you can make something easier to use, easier to buy, easier to understand, easier to access, then the market may very well smile on you. But that's another thing that, that entrepreneurs trip over, I think, a lot of times, Joseph, is we actually make it difficult to do business with us. Either our, I mean, something as simple as every couple of years, I will tear down my website and rebuild it. And the goal is always make it simpler, make it easier mm. so that when people go to it, they number one go, I get it. I understand what he does. Maybe or maybe not, they'll want to buy it. But if they do want to buy it, I then make it easy for them to buy it. How, that's that seems really tough. First off, I commend you for that, but like you like rip it down, you rip it apart, you destroy it. That takes a lot of guts, right? And then to build it back up from scratch with a new listening of your audience and really connecting where they are now. Like how do you get there? If you go to my website today and look at it and take a screenshot of it, go back in six weeks and look because we're in the process right now. Look at that. We're working on it right now. And you know what we're going to? Instead of going, go to this page, go to this page, it's going to be scroll down, the whole sure. thing. Now, you can skip down, but it's not right. going to be separate pages. And that, that's not that unusual, the scroll down format, yeah. but it's totally new for us. And the, the, the reasoning behind it is we want to make it easier for people to do business with us. That's a huge factor in the market today. It's just monster. I get that. So as you're listening right now to the show with Joe Calloway, listen to the, the wisdom bombs that he's dropping right now. First, you know, the reason why you're struggling to make your first $100,000 is because you're not clear. You're not clear specifically on the value of your product or your service and who it is made for. Whose life is it going to make easier, right? And get clear on that. And when you're clear on that, share it. Just start sharing and the marketplace will bless you, right? If you really have value there. And that's what I'm hearing Joe say right now. So Joe, we all love to listen to the advice, the wisdom of multimillionaires and billionaires because it's, 
man, someday that's going to be me. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. but we struggle to relate with them because the reality is 90% of entrepreneurs, again, uh, my listeners are, you know, they're broke. They're barely getting by. Yeah. Um, they're showing the highlights of their life on social media, but they're going home struggling, you know, getting in fights with their, their spouses over financial issues, uh, the business and all these other things. And it's like, that's real. So I want you to talk about that and, and take us back to that time in the beginning of your business when you were struggling to make your first $100,000. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story. Oh, it took me a while to make my first $100,000. How long? Go ahead. How long did it take you? Well, I think the first year I was in business, I made maybe 30. Now, now this is going back to the early 80s, so there's some inflation involved. But still, I made maybe 30. The next year, maybe 50. The next year, maybe 75. I was four or five years into it before I made $100,000. Actually, that first year, I don't know that I made 30. I felt like I was, I don't think I did, Joseph. I, I, I just remember hanging on by my fingernails. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. And, and it would, I used to go to, I live in, in Nashville and I live, well, not too terribly far from where I lived back then. There's a park not far from here two things that I did every week so that I could feel like I had accomplished something. I read a book a week, every week at least, and there's a set of stairs that go way up a hillside in this park. And I would run up and down those stairs three times, which was quite a run, uh, cause it's like a quarter of a mile. Um, and I did that to say, okay, at least I did something because I'm not doing anything with this business. I mean, honestly, it was just, they were, they were kind of uh, little life rafts or, or life jackets that I would cling to so I could at least check off something that I had accomplished. But it, I, I work in a business that is very much driven by word of mouth. And, and if you don't have any clients, it's real hard to get word of mouth because the, your new business comes from the business that you did today because people will talk about that if you're good at it. And so my business is for a lot of people an excruciatingly slow business to get traction in. And to this day, there will be the occasional three month period where I'll go, what's the deal? It's not the phone ringing anymore. It's the email. The emails aren't coming in. It's like, is my website still working? I better go check it because there's, there's nothing going on. And then, there'll be, you know, then it'll catch back up and all that. But after, after all these years, there are still those periods where I go, hmm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure this, this newest incarnation of my business is going to work. And let me tell you something. I do constantly change my business, and sometimes it doesn't work. And so I have to go back to square one and say, try something else. I get that. So taking us back to year one in this business, right? When you're barely scratching the surface of $30,000, what were you sacrificing or putting at risk to really build this business? What were you putting at risk in your own life? I think the biggest thing that I was putting at risk, honestly, was, um, man, it, it, 
it was tied to finances, but it wasn't about something I couldn't buy. Honestly, Joseph, it was self-worth. It was self-esteem. Uh, it was, how do I get up and, and feel confident and contact people about my business and trying to get them to do business with me when I feel like it's just bombing? Uh, mm. and, and that was hard. It, it, uh, cause I had always envisioned myself growing up and in high school and college, I'm going to be a great success. And so, you know, college spits me out into the real world and I wasn't a great success. Um, so it, th th there were, there were a lot of, I can't say any better than I did self-worth, self-esteem issues that were the, that, that was harder for me than not being able to buy stuff. I can yeah. do that. I get that. Like, you know how we, Joe, <laughs> we have these uh, voices in our head, right? That tell us maybe we're not good enough or you're never going to amount to anything or you're a failure. Um, what were those specific voices? If you can give an example to one or two of them that you had showing up in your head that, that first year in business with all that self-doubt, self-worth. <clears throat> I think the biggest one, and actually this one, this one will come back to, to haunt people uh, again over the years, is the feeling that I'm, I'm a phony, I'm a fake. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm pretending like I know what I'm doing and hoping everybody else will buy into it, but I'm going to get busted or I am being busted. <laughs> the emperor has no clothes. <clears throat> Maya Angelou, the famous, famous writer and poet, said one time, she said, every time I sit down and I'm writing a new book, that thought goes through my head. You're a fake and you are going to get completely busted when this book comes out because everybody's going to see that, that you're a fake. I think that's a, a really common thing. And you know, you hit on something that I think can be really toxic, which is social media because you go on social media and Everybody in the world is having a victory party every day, all day long. And so you put up your version of that, but then, then you think, what's up with this? Everybody else is killing it. And, and I'm hanging on. You know, my, my daughter's taking final exams right now, my oldest daughter. And uh, last night she said, Dad, I'm really nervous about this last exam. I said, Jess, every high school student in the world is really nervous tonight. That's totally normal to be nervous. And I think it's totally normal, th those feelings of, do I really know what I'm doing? Don't make it worse by beating yourself up by having those feelings. Here's the cure, go to work, dive into the work because God, the universe, whatever you wanna call that power, that makes things happen, smiled on me every time I stayed focused on doing good work. And sometimes that doing good work was just writing another letter on an electric typewriter to another member of the Chamber of Commerce, which I had joined with my last 200 bucks so that I could have the list of members. But if I kept churning out that constructive positive work, something, it might just be a crumb, but something would always come back to me and keep me going. Wow, that's powerful. You know, Startup Nation, as you're listening to, to Joe right now speak about this, it's, you know, really getting clear when you're, you're at the, the bottom 
and and you're not seeing the results like he did his first year right and you're you're the voices in your head your mind is telling you you're a fraud you're a fake right you're gonna get caught they're gonna find out and what he did to hold on is he served, right? He served others. He was of service to others, right? Put himself out there and contributed uh, to the world. And I think that's the, what that does is it creates a feeling of gratitude uh, when we're serving others. And fear and um, despair cannot exist when gratitude is present. And I, I, I think that's a great thing you're bringing up there, Joe. What do you want to add to that? Oh, I just wanted to say, man, you know, one of my go-tos is, is count blessings. Uh, it, it may, may be hard to, for some people, to, they, they may say, I don't really have many blessings to count. Well, you got more than you think. Just think about it and count, because it's really, it's really hard to be negative when you're counting blessings. And, yeah, I... uh, it, it, which, it, which is another version of gratitude. And gratitude and service are it's strong stuff. It's just, um, and I can't explain the mojo around that, but it's real. Uh, at least it has been in my life. Um, do, do the work, stay focused, and be, be open to, I'm still open to, I mean, I'm a writer. I get edited all the time. It's, it's part of my work for people to say, you know, I think there's a better way you could say that. Tell me, help me. Help me be better. Um, I've got some close friends, all of whom you know in this business, and we we help each other get better. And it's a that that's a powerful thing to have is is friends that are on your side who will tell you the truth. Uh, so if you don't have them, cultivate them. Find that's them. powerful. That's powerful. So Joe, you alluded to this early on, and I want to make sure we capture it. Uh, in the beginning, you said kind of like what you stick to, what your real value, your real contribution is, what would you consider your superpower? The, the thing that you're best at that immediately um, it makes you stand out in your crowded marketplace, what's that superpower where everything else you can delegate? Um, it, it's, it's a combination of two things that converge. One is I, I don't, I get up in front of people and, and lead meetings. I, I, I don't really refer to myself as a speaker that much anymore because my work has become very interactive, but um, I, I'm very open and very honest and quite frankly, really approachable. And it's funny. Uh, people tease me. They say, well, it's that Southern thing. You've got that Southern thing going for you. Okay. Maybe that's part of it. But the other thing, and this gets down to, I think the skill that I have, Joseph, is I'm able to take ideas and information and present them to people in such a way that go, they go, wait a minute, I've heard that a hundred times, but when I hear you talk about it, I get it. I get it and I see how I can use it and, and what I can do with that idea. And so I've got a way of um, giving people ideas that, that they, that they have an understanding and, and a useful understanding. And so um, I've, really, I've really gotten clarity that, that that is my value, that I can, and I work mostly with leadership teams now, and, uh, and I can help, as, as our kind of our tagline says, I like to work with really successful leadership teams 
because I give them incredibly simple ideas and they go, oh my gosh, that's it. That's exactly what we needed to hear. So a lot of it, and a lot of it's also tied to understanding the marketplace and how it works, but I work on that. I mean, I read a couple hours a day uh, about what's going on in the market. I, I, have, I have to get better. I have to. My competition's getting better. That's right. So Startup Nation, get clear on your superpower. What is that one thing that makes you stand out in your crowded marketplace? Because we all have crowded marketplace and any one of you that says you have no competition, you're an idiot. Like the point is you have competition. There's no way around it. And if you don't, then you're not actually adding value in the world. That's, that's just all there is to it. So Joe, go ahead and describe your biggest fail, your biggest mistake or setback, whatever you want to call it that first year in business and take about two minutes on that. Yeah. I, I think the, the biggest mistake, I go back to what I, what I kind of started with Joseph. I really think, I wasn't clear on exactly what it was, what my offering was, what my value proposition was. And because of that, the marketplace didn't understand it. And so there were people that they liked me and they liked the general idea of what I was doing and what my business was, but they didn't say looking at all the options of where we could spend our money, we like you, we think what you're doing is cool but we don't see where this is the best place for us to spend our resources, which are limited. Cause there's a lot of people out there that we like and we think their business is cool, but we're going to do business with the ones that we go, okay, we see how that can help us. We see the return on that uh, for our investment. And I really think that was it. That was my biggest obstacle. I get that. And I resonate. And I think a lot of Startup Nation resonates as well. It is our job to build the bridges for our audience to really get what we do. Yep. It's not their job nope. right, to translate it, to figure it out, to make the connections. It literally is our duty, our responsibility to clear up that mess for them. So thanks for sharing that, Joe. Uh, what fear would you say? What's the number one fear that was holding you back inside of you? I know that you, you spoke about, you know, feeling like you're a fraud, but what was the, the actual fear that just kept like tripping you over and over again? I think it, it boy, the thing that's coming to me is that it was, it was a, quite literally a fear of if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. Uh, I had a bachelor's degree in political science. What, what do you do with that? unless you go back to school to be a teacher or go on to law school or whatever. Um, and th that wasn't in the cards for me. So I think my biggest fear was that I didn't have a fallback position, but Joseph having said that, it's kind of like if you burn a bridge behind you, there's no turning back. I had to make it work. I didn't have a plan B. <laughs> so plan A was all I had. I get that. And I think, you know, to your point, Joe, it's like our biggest fear can be the best fuel um, to really get us where we need to go. And that's what I'm hearing you say. So very cool. What was the best business advice you've ever received? It's a quote from a billionaire. And I first heard it about five years ago, Warren Buffett. I love this so much. I can't tell you how much I love this idea, this thought. He said, the difference between 
somewhat successful people and extremely successful people is that extremely successful people say no to almost everything. Now, a lot of people hear that and it's so counterintuitive. They go, oh, wait a minute. If you want to create opportunity, don't you say yes to everything? Uh-uh. What you do is you learn what matters most. You learn what's most important. And you, you say yes to that. And you learn to say no to distractions. That I mean, and I've gotten good at it. I mean, I, I, there are things, you know, there are people that say, well, Joe, you should be doing this on social media. You should be doing that with your marketing. You should be offering five more programs. And I go, nope, 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 nope. Because I've got clarity on who my market is, what my value is to them, what I like to do and what I want to do going forward. That's what I say yes to. And I'm going to say no to all this other stuff that would spread me too thin and make me ineffective across the whole board instead of zeroing in on what I really need to say yes to. I love it. What, like the theme I'm, I'm hearing for this show is, you know, get clear, face your fear, right? Clarity. And it all comes down to get clear. I really think it does. Or at least a, it's a big part of it. Yeah, big time. Uh, share with us one of your daily habits that has gotten you to where you are now, Joe. I get up every morning, 4.30, never any later than 5 o'clock. Uh, if I'm working on a project like a, a new book or I've got a new program coming up that I'm going to go do for a client, that's when I do my best thinking work. Before the sun comes up, man, I'm just – it's like other people don't – they don't catch fire creatively till midnight. Well, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. For me, it's, it's early, early, early morning. But the thing is, Joseph, I've got clarity that that's when I do my best thinking. So I am intentional about using that time for mm. thinking, for creating. Uh, it's also when I do a lot of my, um, I do a lot of reading. I read throughout the day. I'm, I'm going back and forth on the internet, keeping up with what's happening in business and in the marketplace. But that's a habit and that's a really um, strong um, power booster for me is making the best use of that time of day that I know is my optimal operating time, which for me is early, early morning. I get that. And I think it's great because you uh, actually design your lifestyle around that because yep. of how important that is. So that's yep. really cool. Joe, what's your favorite website, app or digital resource and why? I'm sorry, this is so cliche, but I'm on it a hundred times a day. It's Google. Um, the, the thing is, you know, pe people want to know, well, well, what do successful businesses do to succeed? There's this thing called Google. Go on there and ask, and you can find out anything you need to know. Um, there are, there. it's not apps, but I've signed up for... Um, different newsletters, uh, Fast Company Newsletter, Harvard Business Review. Um, I get one from Forbes. And what they do is they, can, they, they curate different articles that are out there about business and about success. I've got a business book sitting right over there, a brand new one that I'm reading. I'm constantly reading. 
I'm constantly feeding the creativity and the, and the idea machine so that I can get better at, at what I do. I am, I am firmly entrenched in a very positive version of permanent dissatisfaction. I <laughs> always want it to get better. That's, that's one of the three things that are the pillars of my business. Uh, constant, constant improvement of the product, which for me, the product is, is speaking, it's writing, it's doing this with you. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And this will be the last question in this segment of the show, Joe. What's the one thing that you really want the world to know about being successful in business? It ties in a little bit to clarity, and it's, it's this. Stop overthinking. We, we all, me included, I'm the worst, Joseph. I overthink everything. That, that's why I know it's so important not to, because I'm guilty of it. We make things way more complicated than they need to be. And if you can, people say, what should I do with my business? And I say, simplify. And they say, simplify what? And I say, everything. Simplify everything that you possibly, possibly can. Because the market does not reward anybody ever for making anything more complicated. The market rewards simplicity. Uber. How easy and simple does Amazon make it to buy? Come on. So, you know, there are people that tell me I've got a thousand things to do every day. And I go, really? I've got about three things to do every day. And if I do those three things well, I'm successful. Wow. Powerful information. So Joe, this is my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Got it. Shoot. What's your favorite sound? Uh, my, either of my daughters saying dad. Awesome. What's your least favorite sound? Oh, um, uh, um, arguing, a con- conflict. Mm. When you were a child? Well, un- unnecessary conflict. Unnecessary conflict. Got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A United States Senator. When I was little, I wanted to be that. <laughs> That's cool. What are you most afraid of? Anything that would, uh, anything that would cause harm or anything that would cause harm to a loved one. But now that I say that, anything that would cause harm to anybody, uh, unjust harm. Um, it, or I, I think I'm most afraid of injustice in the world. There you go. Yeah, I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Thinking. Thinking like overthinking? Oh, overthinking. Um, rewording the same thing 30 times. I should have put it out on the third, third rewordings enough. Just take action, get the feedback, and then take Go, another action. Put it out there. Put it out there and get the feedback. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, you know what? It, not so much anymore, but this has been a huge fear in my life that they wouldn't like me. Mm that I wouldn't be everybody's favorite. And that's no way to think. That's a bad way to think. Yeah, and it's human, right? Yeah. Uh, What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? To say no. (laughs) Got it. And what is a new habit that you'd like to form? 
what I did this morning. Uh, go to the gym, but, but do it every day instead of making some rationalization for not doing it. Got it. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Um, being overly judgmental and making other people wrong. I, I feel like we're related there. Uh, <laughs> Joe, pick three words to describe who you are now. Father, husband, friend. Cool. And pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, enthusiastic. Somewhat uninformed. <laughs> um, afraid. Yeah. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. I'm sorry. I sound like a broken record. I've got clarity on what's important to me. He was a great dad. He was a great husband. He was a great friend. It's awesome. It's simple. I love it. And you're clear. And last question, Joe, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Enjoy, no, appreciate every moment with every person. Got it. Fantastic. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? The website, joecalloway.com, C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. And they can email me from the website directly. Got it. And uh, in 60 seconds, tell us about your new book and why my audience should pick up a copy. My latest book is, is goes right along with what we've been talking about. My latest book is Keep It Simple. Uh, and, and it is, it, God, it's a very, very different book for me. Most of my first six books were normal, regular sized business books. And then a publisher came to me and this is a square book about that big. And it's, I mean, you can, you can read it on a one plane ride. And I'm talking about from, from Minneapolis to Chicago. <laughs> I'm talking about a short plane ride, but it's, it's all about um, the, the wisdom, but it's not all from me. I draw from other sources as well. The wisdom of, of simplicity and the power of simplicity. Keep it simple. Got it. So our entrepreneurs uh, that read this book, they can get clear on their life, get simple and stop complicating everything. Learn to make your life easier and the life of others easier. And uh, the world will bless you for it, right? So that's what I'm hearing Joe say. Joe, thanks for joining us today. And uh, I wish you peace, love, and superpowers. Startup Nation, want to grow your business faster than you ever imagined? Head over to first100k.com for even more tools, tactics, and tricks that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll catch you on the next show. Cheers.